Chaplin. <laughs> Welcome to the market. Hi. Go ahead and park it. Hope that you are starving. Debbie Roots Deep got me thinking it's a parsnip. Every week I get knowledge to go. A year before everyone, how did they know? Figuring how they go college to pros. I pop it on listen and now I'm the pro. I'm still trying to grow. And they do the same. Hundreds of teams, too many to name. And yet they are filtering everything. Only the best, Shane Hallaman Kane. Marketplace, marketplace. Debbie is everything, marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Market Marketplace, marketplace, Debbie is everything marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Hey! Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Debbie Marketplace. Unfortunately, Shane is not here, so there's a great chance this goes off the rails when Nelly and I really start to argue um, because there's no one that's going to have a sense of reason. Um, I'm about as fired up as a flaming hot Mountain Dew today and uh nelly he just likes numbers which means he can get mad at any time i believe um depends what the zeros and the ones tell him so that was a binary joke nelly you about it i love binary jokes give me it wasn't we need one one. of those a week no it wasn't a good one we have room to improve for sure (laughs) one zero zero one zero zero one one um (laughs) i i really don't know what binary is but i'm gonna try my hardest um, so this is what we're doing today with no Shane. We're going to, one of the uh, people in the discord, um, wanted us to predict who is going to be the, uh, top 24. Well, they said top 12, but we're going to try to do top 24, um, in Devi next season. So like, let's say it's now 2023. We're just drafting now. Um, the first Devi league is a startup. These who we believe are going to be the top 24. You might disagree with us, uh, but make sure to put that on Twitter or throw it in the Discord and tell us why we're wrong. Um, wherever you're listening to this podcast, hit the description and you can click on the link to come visit us over in the Discord. Um, we've got a lot of people in there, so come and join us. Um, we're approaching 600. We'd love to hit that uh, milestone. That'd be fun. Um, we'll probably do some like live stream or something. Or you can watch Nelly and I play Katana against each other where I destroy him if we forget the first game uh i destroyed him so um we can do that right yeah uh or we could forget the second game ah and that's fair i I forget that version yeah there we go we'll start over um so let's let's do uh let's do this thing i'm gonna take the first pick because i'm selfish um and so we're going to try and figure out, right? So we're, we're going to draft Superflex tight end premium is what, is what we're going with here. Um, and some we might predict people are going to stay in school, right? Um, and some, you know, we might predict, um, you know, a huge value gain for some of these players. So watch out for that. Let us know where we mess up again. That Put it in the Discord and uh, we'll have fun. But I'm going to take the uh, 101 here. Um, and this is, this is going to just make Nelly mad. The one-on-one next year is going to be Caleb Williams. Now, and mainly it would make him mad because Nelly doesn't get to talk about Caleb Williams. Um, so here, here's the argument, right? I know 
Trayvon Henderson very, very good, right? In a straight-up super flex PPR league, um, Caleb Williams is going to have more value than Trevian Henderson next season, right? When, when we're in our Debbie drafts, he's going to have more value because he's the quarterback, and he's going to do really, really well at USC, right? Um, there's no good defenses. Sure, you can say, well, there were no good defenses in the Big 12, too, and sure, um, that's a fair argument. Um, but I think he's going to do better. I think um, an- another year of him starting, I think he's just going to look really, really good. Um, so I'm going to take Caleb Williams here at the 101 and just pred- predict that value gain because realistically, if he performs like he should this season, he's going to be a top five NFL pick. And the top five NFL pick at quarterback is worth more than a running back that might go in the first round. Yeah, you know I love you know I love Caleb Williams. Um, That's true. I, I do want to say quickly about this kind of this format, right? Like Debbie Marketplace, right? We're all about like value right we want the value and so this is a great exercise right because if you genuinely think that caleb williams is going to be more valuable than travion henderson next year you should at least rethink your draft strategy this year and say hey why am i taking travion henderson now if i think that i'll be able to trade like if i think caleb williams will be more valuable next year so this is a great like exercise where if you think someone's going to rise in value uh over the course of this season, that means they're probably undervalued right now. Um, but anyway, Trayvon Henderson, that's the pick here at 102. I don't agree. I would still take him 101, even though I love Caleb Williams, because I just think he's safer, right? Like quarterbacks, I mean, we saw what happened last year. It happens all the time. Guys are are highly regarded prospects. They even show glimpses of, of talent. And sometimes it just doesn't all come together. Meanwhile, Trayvon Henderson, like, there are so few question marks about him. Um, so I, I could see Caleb Williams being more valuable next year. I would still take Trayvon Henderson uh, at 101 next year. And I, So I just want to mention one thing, right? We are drafting this as straight Devi, right? There's no C2C component. College points do not matter, right? And sure, Trayvon Henderson is a whole lot safer. I'm going to go for just the uh, home run and take Caleb Williams here um, because I think he's going to perform really, really well in the NFL. Um, so I'm, I'm up at one Oh, three stuff. We're already in it. Um, um, again, this is straight Devi. Um, I'm going to take. Oh, it's between two players on the same team. <laughs> I'm with I'm tough. with you. Same. Uh, I know exactly what you're. Yeah. So it's either going to be Quinn Ewers or Xavier Worthy, right? For both of us here, I think they're both really, really good. Um, but you know, I will always take the quarterback. Um, so I'm going to take Quinn Ewers here. Um, they have to be better at Texas, right? They have to. Um, and Quinn Ewers is going to make them better. And if you're like, oh, but they have Arch Manning coming in, Arch Manning is going to have to sit. If Quint Ewers is playing well, if it gets to the point where Quint Ewers is playing so poorly that that position is up for a coin flip between he and Arch Manning, that means Quint Ewers has already failed. Right? Quint Ewers has the weapons now and the weapons to do it this season. Um, offensive line will be better. You know, better receiving weapons. Still have the best running back in college football. 
So he has to be able to perform this year. Um, that leaves Nelly at 104. Yeah, well, we're either we're either like no matter how this goes, it's going to work out for us or work against us. But uh, we're in tandem here because I'm taking Xavier Worthy at 104. Um, he was just so good as a freshman, right? Like he was a pretty high recruit, but he was not talked about too much, and he was actually a late late to Texas. He was originally Michigan a Michigan commit. Thank goodness he didn't end up at Michigan. Um, but he's just, he's the top wide receiver in the class. I could see him getting passed by someone who's more of like a, someone who's, who's more well-built and is kind of viewed more as an alpha, but I don't think anyone is a safe bet to do that. And I think Xavier Worthy, like he's going to be the alpha there. It's a talented room, but he'll, he'll get his touches. And I don't think Quinn, I'm not confident Quinn Ewers is like the best player in the world. Like, but he's going to be better than than who who Worthy had thrown him the ball last year. Right. Yeah, so that leaves me at 105, and I'm predicting a guy to stay in school. Right? And this could end up being the steal of this entire draft, to be honest, when, when we kind of look um, a year in advance. But I'm going to take Anthony Richardson. Now, you're going to say... He should probably be in the 23 draft if he's good this season. And, like, yeah, I agree with you. If he's really, really good this season, he's going to be in the NFL draft, right? Um, But I think he's going to be, like, good but not exceptional. And I think Anthony Richardson ends up staying in school, um, getting some more quiche, you know, and getting getting them NIL dollars. And then he goes in in the uh, 24 class. And that's what I've predicted right now. Granted, I would love for him to be in the 23 class. I just don't think um, that's going to happen. So sorry, Felix. Yeah, you uh, you stole my thought waves. Well, not my thought waves, my literal thoughts that I voiced an hour ago. So I know. Um, <laughs> I love the pick though. Yeah. No, the NFL loves experience these days. Like they value that. And I think, I think it'll do him well. Um, all right. Here's one Oh six is tough. Uh, I think I'm going to stick with my rankings, but it's the first time that I've looked at my rankings and thought, Hmm, maybe I should shift this around a little bit, but I'm going to go with Braylon Allen here. Um, he's going to be, he's a, he's a 24 eligible guy. So he'll be a rising junior next year. And uh, this guy's just rare. Like he's, he's massive. What is he? He's over six foot. He weighs like 230 pounds. He can squat so much weight. And he's like, he's also like age appropriate for the grade below. Um, And he put up absurd numbers as a freshman. Now we haven't really seen receiving work, but like for a guy, his size, I'm not as concerned about it. Uh, So at the 107, I'm going to take Nicholas Singleton. I think, we just have such a huge value gain that's going to come this season. And it's worth mentioning, right, he's already valued pretty high. Um, but I think he's going to have that really exceptional value gain. Sure, he might not get every single touch you want him to at Penn State this season. Um, but Penn State's going to be better. And they're going to be better with anyone other than Spencer Sanders as the quarterback. Uh, not Spencer Sanders. Um, Sean Clifford. Whoops. Um, Sean Clifford's terrible. Spencer Sanders isn't super great either, but uh, <laughs> they're kind of the same player to me. Um, but Nicholas Singleton at Penn State, I think, is the pick at 107. He's going to have a huge value increase, right? Just look at, you know, 
look at every running back that's played and done well from their freshman season and they shoot up the board so nicholas singleton 107 i could have made the case to take him at 105 over braylon allen to be honest um, but i think that would be a little tough so i'm going to take about the 107 here yeah he's exactly who i was referring to about thinking about moving him up yeah um, I, I think i have to as well yeah it's just like he has that perfect avenue like Bijan did like uh travion henderson did where early playing time on a team that develops NFL talent. It's just, it's a matter of if he's as talented as his recruiting rating. Right. Um, okay. At the one Oh eight here, I'm going to, I'm actually straying away from my rankings here. I'm expecting a potential value game from Marvin Harrison here. Um, I just think that Ohio state passing offense is going to be so strong and there's going to be so much production to go around and, and, by all accounts, he seems to be the one stepping into that number two role. Uh, JSN is very, very good, but uh, again, there's there's uh, there's production to go around. So I, I love that here. He's the guy who I was kind of referring. He is he's like six foot three, over two hundred pounds. NFL is going to love him. Yeah, I this is tough here, um, but so I have a lot of players tied right here. But I'm going to go with. Um, the position where there's only one really good one in this draft. Right? And so that means I'm going to take Brock Bowers. Um, there's one good tight end that we know of in this draft that's producing really, really well after the freshman season. That's Brock Bowers uh, at Georgia. So I'm going to take him here. Um, I think the the emergence of Kyle Pitts and just how much value he had coming out with his athleticism. Brock Bowers is super athletic, a lot more athletic than Michael Mayer. Um, and then you add in the fact that he just has good production as well. So you add those two things together and it might not hit Kyle Pitts value, um, but it's, it's going to have a huge value increase between now and uh, when he's drafted in the NFL. Yeah. We're unfortunately very aligned because I was ready to slam the draft button drop for Brock Bowers at 110. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's go. Let's go Donovan Edwards here at 110. I think this is also a bit of a projection. Um, we didn't see a ton from him as a as a freshman. What we saw was good, um, but now Hassan Haskins leaves. Donovan Edwards presumably steps into a pretty massive role there, and I just think he's he's a he's got good size, right? He can catch the ball and he's going to carry the ball a ton. So I think if he does a good job with those carries, which I would expect him to, um, I think he's going to shoot up ranks next year. That's fair. Um, if, uh, this is another tight spot. Um, I'm just going to do it. 111 Arch Manning. <laughs> um, I think it doesn't matter if he sits or plays his freshman year, to be completely honest with you. Um, the name recognition is going to mean so much more in your Debbie League's than if he plays, to be completely honest with you. We are used to seeing quarterbacks sit for a year anyways. Caleb Williams would have sat for the entire season if Spencer Rattler was good. Um, right, like That's just the way that it happens, so I'm not too worried about it. I'm going to take uh, Arch Manning here at the 111, and hopefully we get some huge value increases when he starts playing as a sophomore. Yeah, I actually think that uh, red shirt... 
whether they actually redshirt or not, year is good for those quarterbacks. They get a year to develop, learn the system. They don't get kind of thrown into the fire. Um, and be- and honestly, best case scenario for him is that Texas is really, really good next season, you know, in, in 23, and they blow a lot of people out. Yeah. Right, and then yeah, Arch Manning gets, gets to come reps. in, and yeah, he gets to throw a little bit, and we get to see glimpses, right? He throws one long bomb. It is wheels up on Arch Manning. <laughs> you know, it is going to be crazy as soon as he gets that one huge play. Oh, that's true. I mean, the good schools have started to do that, right? They have they have a, a good quarterback come in every other year. You saw that, exactly what you were talking about a couple of years ago with Bryce Young. He was a backup behind Mac Jones, came in in a couple blowouts, looked good, and kind of got his feet, his legs underneath him before he was a full-time starter. Speaking of that same exact situation, I'm do, I'm taking Malachi Nelson here, very similar to your Arch Manning pick. Um, it, it seems to me that Malachi Nelson might be more talented than Arch Manning, but Arch Manning kind of has the name. Either way, they're both very, very good prospects. But Malachi Nelson is going to USC. He's going to sit a year behind Caleb Williams, same exact situation as Arch Manning as well. But he's got Lincoln Riley who's going to be uh, – kind of taking him under his wing, tutoring him. And I I mean, I like that. And I think the value here, I think people are going to love these quarterbacks next year. So like, I just, these guys are going to come in and be late first round picks because the expectations are going to be so high. I'm with you. I think we have seen that before, right? Um, If we didn't have some really, really good Devies right now, you can make the case for, you know, Nicholas Singleton being, back into the first round right now right you can make that case um so it's like do you want to take the shot on you know a tank bigsby a jordan addison a quentin johnston or do you want to shoot for this shoot for the moon in nicholas singleton right um that's kind of what people are deciding right now um so i'm gonna re i'm gonna recap this first round 101 we have caleb williams the quarterback at usc 102 trayvon henderson the running back at the ohio state university 103, Quinn Ewers, quarterback at Texas. 104, Xavier Worthy, wide receiver at Texas. 104, excuse me, 105, Anthony Richardson, the quarterback at Florida. 106, Braylon Allen, the running back at some team. I'm just kidding, it's Wisconsin. I just don't like talking about them. Um, 107, Nicholas Singleton, the running back at Penn State. 108, Marvin Harrison, uh, wide, Marvin Harrison Jr., the wide receiver at The Ohio State University. Um, Shane, if you're listening, I'm doing those just for you. Uh, 109 Brock Bowers at the defending national champions uh, champion, you know, Georgia Bulldogs. Got to talk about that. Uh, 110 Donovan Edwards running back at Michigan. 111 Arch Manning, the uh, 23 commit to Texas. And then Malachi Nelson, the 23 commit to USC. That's the first round. Real quick, any surprises? I think that the biggest surprise is that we don't have any of the 2024 question, quarterbacks taken yet. Like the the incoming freshmen this year. Yeah. And Sorry, I, that's I, 2025. I got my year wrong. Yeah. And I think that kind of makes sense a little bit. Um, you have to realize that, you know, I don't, well, personally, I don't think they're as good as the class behind them. Um, and when we're just talking Debbie, I think it's really, really hard to get that projection. Um, you know, especially at some of these schools that don't have the best track record of producing 
NFL talent at the quarterback position. Looking at you, Penn State. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, least, I think I think yeah. some I think we'll have one or two of those guys who will be up here, but I don't know I don't know which ones. That's like that's the difficult part is picking out those exact names. Yeah, and um, you know that almost makes me want to avoid them as a whole rather than take shots on them because I'm viewing each of these spots right the first slot the second slot the third slot in these drafts as individual teams right if i had you know six picks sure i'd take a shot on multiple of them um but if i'm just drafting for me i'm probably not going to take a whole lot of shots on these players and if i'm wrong so be it i'll pay the price for one of these guys if they hit Um, but at least i'm avoiding all of the risk and that's kind of what i try to do uh, with that said, I'm at the 201 here. Um, there's a reason why this guy didn't get drafted in the first. That's because there's a really good running back um, in front of him right now. Maybe the best running back in the country named Bijan Robinson, in case you don't know him. He's really good. Um, I'm going to take Jaden Blue at the 201 here. Um, I think th- another reason why he's not higher is because not sure he's even going to be the second running back on the field. Um, I think there's going to be a few running backs that work in front of him. But as soon as Bijan's gone, I think the the main backfield is going to be his. And you also have to realize that he's going to be playing with either Quinn Ewers or Arch Manning for his college career. So there's going to be a lot of times for people to see how good he is. And that means a lot for your Debbie leagues. Um, so I'm going to take him here because you're going to have the ability to trade him for quite a bit at any time when they see him play. So Jaden blew it to a one. Yeah, that's a good pick. I was thinking about him. Uh, I'm going with a different incoming freshman this year. I'm going with Luther Burden, uh, wide receiver at Missouri. I just think he's a pretty safe bet to rise in value, right? Because like he's a very talented incoming freshman and Missouri is not very good. Like I think the expectation at this point is like a 25% uh, market share of that offense, of the passing game. And if he does that, which, it, I mean, the spring game, the offense like worked around him. If he does that, like he's going to be locked in as as like a, as a fringe first-round pick in Debbie drafts next year. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm up at 203, and it's getting more and more tough here. Um, oof. I just feel disgusting with like any of these picks. Um, I'm going to take Mario Williams at the 203, uh, the wide receiver that's at USC. I think he is going to take the path of like just consistent production every time he steps onto the field. Um, uh, he might be overshadowed a little bit this season. Uh, by Jordan Addison transferring to SC. But Mari Wilms, really, really good wide receiver. Um, so I'm going to take him here at the 203. And I think uh, I think you just take, you know, a top 60, top 50, top 60 NFL wide receiver when you get the chance to. Yeah, that's a good pick. He was next up for me. Um, all right. I think I have to take the dip onto the 2025 quarterback class that we were talking about. Uh, I I guess I'm going to go with Drew Um, I 
the thing is he's 100% going to be the starter next year. He he might get reps this year, depending on how the quarterback situation goes. I wouldn't be surprised if he got reps, maybe significant reps. We'll see what happens, but he'll be the locked in starter next year. And I think that'll matter for his value. Whereas some of these other guys going to, going to Clemson, going to Ohio state, going to Alabama, there's competition still that they have to fight through to win that job next year. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I thought you were going to kind of clean this up for me a little bit and make it a tad easier, Um, but you have not. Whoops. Um, So at the 204, um, I'm going to have to redo my rankings because I might have this guy tad too low. Um, or no, who'd you have at 204? Oh, yeah, I had Drew R. You got to put it in there, man. Oh, uh, so messed up. 205, I'm going to take Trevante Citizen. Um, I think he's just really, really good at football. Um, and I think he's going to get a great chance to uh, play this year. Um, he might not get all the snaps, but um, I think it's a, a little bit of a crowded backfield. But I think we're going to see the talent shine through of Citizen. Um, there's a reason why he went to the U, and that's so he can play a little bit. So I'm going to take uh, Citizen at the 205. And I think we have a, a pretty nice value gain in him over this next year. Yeah, if he can win those job, if he can win that job there, he's going to shoot up boards. Yeah. Um, I'll go with another 25 wide receiver. I'll go with Evan Stewart, uh, Texas A&M. It seems as if there's a clear top two wide receivers in this class, right? It's Burden and Stewart. But the worry with Stewart is he's at A&M. He's with Jimbo Fisher. And that scares people off. But I I just think talent will win out here. I don't know. I've kind of been on the Stewart train for a little while just because I'm fading the Jimbo Fisher fade narrative. Um, but I think he's going to be the number one there. And I think the number one at Texas A&M. Like, if he's able to do that, I think he'll be valued pretty high. You mean like Anaya Smith? No, he's a slot running back. <laughs> um, so I'm going to take uh, wide receiver at 207 here, Emeka Buka. I think there's a chance that uh, he could be the second or third wide receiver on this team. And I think it's clear that there's going to be enough passing volume to make quite a few of these wide receivers valuable. Um, and so I'm going to take a Buka here and uh, just get my share of the wide receivers at Ohio State. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. I think that's a pretty safe bet. Um, let's get back into the Ohio State. Well, I'll, I'll I'll take the bet that Devin Brown wins the job at Ohio State next year. Uh, and if he does, he's going to be valued pretty high. Uh, he's going to be competing uh, for that job. But if he wins it, I mean, that means he's guaranteed good. Um, so I think I think at this point, like, I can't pass up on the value. Yeah, that's fair. Um, ooh, now we're really getting, really getting down deep. Um, it's such a flat tier, right? Like, there are just so yeah. many. There's so many people that can kind of um, break through for sure. Um. I just hate picking here right now. Um, Uh, 
I like I would even try to stall, but there's like nine names that I can go with here. Like it's just so many players that I think, you know, can be productive and, and kind of go at this spot. Um, I guess when in doubt, just go to the rankings, right? Um, so 209, I'm going to go with Will Shipley. It yeah, doesn't feel good. <laughs> right? Like, it, it feels really bad. This is basically where he is in my ranks now, but I think just a lot of people pass him. Um, because I think that this year's not going to be that exciting, but I still think he ends up, you know, a day two pick in the NFL draft. Like, he's a good running back um, and on a good team. Like, Clemson has to be better, right? Like, it's hard to be worse. That's true. Um, so I'm just going to take Shipley at 209 and hope we can get some some additional value gain when Klubnik maybe is the starter. Yeah, or maybe DJU turns it around. Who knows? But, yeah, no, he was, he's by Yeah, um, he was by far the highest in my ranks, and I've just kept looking at it and going like, ooh, I just don't trust a Clemson guy until I see it. Um, all right, 210, I'm going with Lorenzo Styles, wide receiver at Notre Dame. He's a little bit down my rankings here. I'm passing over some other wide receivers, but he's going to be the lead receiver in that in that offense behind Michael Meyer. And they're down a couple running backs. Like I think they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit more. And Styles kind of does it all. He's a great route runner. He'll be open a lot, so that'll be good for uh, first time starter Tyler Buckner. So I can I can just see him jumping up. You know, he's like six foot one ninety something like that, and. That's just a the perfect wide receiver mold. Um, oh, two eleven also doesn't feel good, but I'm gonna go with, um, I think someone that has not just a clear path to playing time, but a clear path to playing time as the quarterback in an offense that has a lot of production. And I'm gonna hope that that leads me to be able to trade him if I don't think that the NFL future is there. That's Jackson Dart, quarterback at Ole Miss. Now. I don't like this here. Um, you would hope that he's a lot higher because he had a really good season. Um, but even if he has just an average season, uh, there's still a great chance that he can just completely beast up um, his his third year there. So, or excuse me, second year at Ole Miss, but third year in college football. So, I'm going to take Jackson Dart at the 211. Uh, feels really, really gross. Yeah, I- I'm going to piggyback off that though. I think I'm going Michael Trigg at 212. Because if Jackson Dart is going to even be okay, Michael Trigg, Michael Trigg is going to be so good this year. I, what he put up in the in the spring game, like a hundred yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, he's real good. Uh, yeah. So like, I know Bowers is the clear one here, but I also think Trigg is the clear two in this class, and I think he's 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 an athletic guy. So I think he's someone that the NFL will like, and in turn, the Debbie community is going to like. And you know how we get about tight ends when they're like. When we find one that we know is good, they'll just rise up in value because it's just it's such an important position. That's true. Right. If Kyle Pitts has taught us anything. <laughs> um, so let's recap the second round. 201, Jaden Blue, the running back at Texas. 202, Luther Burden, the wide receiver at Missouri. 203, Mario Williams, the wide receiver at USC. 204, Drew Alar, the quarterback at Penn State. 205, Trevante Citizen, the running back at Miami. 206, Evan Stewart, the wide receiver at 
Texas A&M, 207, Emeka Ibuka, wide receiver at the Ohio State University, 208, Devin Brown, the quarterback at the Ohio State University, 209, Will Shipley at the Clemson Tigers, 210, Lorenzo Styles, uh, wide receiver at Notre Dame, 211, Jackson Dart, quarterback at Ole Miss, and 212, Michael Trigg, the tight end at Ole Miss. So yeah, I think we, we might have to. Uh, they have a trademark now for the. So I, I think we might have to disclose that now in the in the caption of the podcast. Do we really? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> God, this is why Ohio State's unbearable, Shane. <laughs> like, <laughs> I second you know, that. <laughs> yeah, Um But let's just get into our buys and sells in unknown stocks because Shane's not here, so he can't teach us anything. Um, but I'm sure that he's having fun. I did see that he was one of the pictures on Twitter. He was drinking scotch um, in an Ohio State shirt, which should surprise absolutely no one. Um, like, I know we make fun of Ohio State a lot, but it's worth mentioning that, like, Shane actually went there. Like, that, that's where he went to college. So um, makes a little more sense. Uh, but we're still going to make fun of him for it. Um did you know that like Ohio State hasn't beaten Michigan in like 700 days? And to me, that's one of the funniest things in this world. And counting, I love it. We need to. I'm sure there's a there's a, a Twitter account out there that just every day they tweet how many days it's been since Ohio State beat Michigan. So oh, we need I to just want to see the that. comments. I just want to see the comments from the Ohio State because <laughs> yeah, I realize Michigan and Ohio State didn't play <laughs> in uh, one of the COVID years. So like, I get that, but I still think it's hilarious. Sounds like an excuse. My least favorite week of the year is when all the Ohio State fans like stop tweeting M's and just use red X's instead. <laughs> yeah, that's it's unbearable. That's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> like I, I know I'm petty, and that like I hate Iowa and Wisconsin, but like I'm not petty enough to stop using an entire letter. <laughs> like, yeah, that's wild to me. Yeah, um, and that was our uh, that was our in lieu of uh, history segment. We had a Ohio State hate segment this week. Yeah, but like if you like Ohio State, like don't tell me about it. <laughs> you know, like it's fine, but I don't want to hear it. Um, I haven't said one pro Minnesota thing this whole podcast. So, and uh, Nelly hasn't said anything about Lehigh. It's true. I don't think anyone's rising into the top two rounds of a Debbie draft on either of our teams. Uh, but that was uh, our make fun of Ohio State segment when Shane's not here. Get ready for next week. Now that we know it's coming, it will be worse. We might even have stats and everything. Um, so let's just dive into our buys and sells here. Um, we kind of talked about it in the Discord a little bit, um, but I'm going to start unknown stock. And I'm just going to start overall with like Oklahoma, because I think Oklahoma is a complete wild card to me right now. Right. An entirely new coaching staff coming in and like you assume that they're going to be relatively still competitive. Right. Because they're one of the few good teams in the Big 12. Um, But my main unknown stock is Marvin Mims. Like is is the slot still going to be targeted a lot? Is Marvin Mims still going to have all that work? Is Marvin Mims even going to come out in the NFL draft in 23? Right. I think that's all a question mark right now. You can make the case that maybe Marvin Mims wasn't even the best wide receiver on his team last season. 
Um, so I think he's my unknown stock. Someone I'm buying, like I probably am gonna go out and buy some more Nicholas Singleton shares after this, <laughs> before this records, because like especially in Devi, because you can see the value gain coming, right? Um, I think it gets a little more convoluted in, in C two C because people know he's gonna produce this season, um, but it's we're not gonna have that huge value gain in C two C overall because they're expecting that production. Um, I think in Devi, um, the production year one like kind of matters, but it doesn't matter a ton. Um, so I'm going to go out and get him, probably. Um, someone that I am selling is LJ Johnson, running back at A&M. Like, we've probably had him on here before as a sell, but like I'm just not sure what to do with the A&M backfield overall. Like, we know they're going to be efficient, because they were last year um, with like an Isaiah Spiller that runs, I think like a six, seven, 40. I don't remember <laughs> what his 40 time was, but it was slow. He might still be running it. Um, you know, like we know Devin and going to be really good, super fast and super versatile. Um, but who's going to be kind of that, the power of, of that backfield. Is that going to be LJ Johnson? Is that going to be someone else? Is that going to be a freshman that kind of comes in and dispels some of those carries? I'm not hundred percent sure. And is LJ Johnson even going to have kind of that same, um, you know, the same efficiency as Isaiah Spiller did? Say whatever you want about Isaiah Spiller, but he was super efficient behind that offensive line, um, even in losses. So I, I think that's, uh, that's my sell because right now he's in the 50s in my Debbie ranks. And like, if we're in a five rounder, I'm not even sure I'm taking him. So I should probably move him down some more. Yeah, I have him down at 73, and I think yeah. I might have to drop him a little bit too. Yeah. Who who are your guys? Did you have a buy? Yeah, I'm buying Nicholas Singleton. Oh, you are buying Nicholas Singleton. I just, just yeah. No, I mean, of course. Um, I, I am buying. Unknown, I went with the unknown first and threw everything off. Yeah, you threw me off there. <laughs> I get it. Uh, I'm buying Montreal Johnson, running back at Florida. Um, we just found out that Demarcus Bowman is entering the portal. Uh, probably his biggest competition for touches in the backfield. I wasn't too worried about it before, but now it just makes it even clearer. I think he's one of those guys who, like, he was in consideration for me towards the end of the second round in our draft today. Like, I think the lead back in that Florida offense this year is going get, to get so many touches. Um, that's, what, that's just how that Napier offense works. And he put on like 10, 15 pounds. He's on the Florida roster at 215 now. So I'm loving Montreal Johnson. I'm going to look to buy him. Uh, Conversely, I will be selling Devin Neal, who's probably a little bit more expensive than Montreal Johnson on the market. And I'll take Montreal Johnson over him every time. I'm just worried about his ceiling at Kansas. Like how good can you be at Kansas? And and they bring in in your guy from... uh, from Minnesota, uh, what's it, Kai Thomas? Yeah, uh, and and he's pretty good in his own right, right? So, like, is Kansas going to run the ball thirty times a game? I don't think so. Like, they're going to be losing. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball thirty, thirty-five times. Well, they a do game. face so, Texas, so yeah, that's a good point. That's pencil in one win there for Kansas. But other than that, yeah. I'm worried about their schedule, um, and so I'm just worried about his workload. 
So I, ju- I think there's a ceiling there, and I've seen him go pretty early in some drafts that have had me scratching my head. Um, my unknown is a guy who I actually mentioned earlier, uh, Tyler Buckner at Notre Dame. Now, he was pretty highly regarded last year coming in, um, but we haven't really heard anything. He didn't play at all last year. Uh, well, he did a little bit in, in glimpses, but he never played significant time. Uh, but he's he's almost definitely the starter there. Uh, all the other quarterbacks in the spring game looked awful. Um, and I just, like, no one's talking about him in, in Debbie circles. And I'm not, like, saying that he is, like, worthy of a draft pick tonight, right? But, like, I just think he's kind of being overlooked already. And he's a mobile guy. Like, I think the ceiling is there for him. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, the ceiling could be there, but also the unknown is is large, um, especially yeah. in an offense that is probably going to continue to be a little more reliant on the run than we want them to, um, especially when it's a lot. Granted, not sure what's going to happen with the offense, obviously new head coach, but um, if things kind of could stay as conservative as they have been, I think it's difficult for Buckner to really rise up the ranks. Uh, yeah, but if you need a Buckner lover, um, go talk to Travis May. He'll certainly help you out. Um, but that's it for us here at the Debbie Marketplace. Um, so make sure you check out the Discord. It is wherever you're listening to this podcast. Click on that description and uh, get that. And Shane, we miss you, and we hope you're having fun in Europe. Um, Europe, Europe. But <laughs> you know, we uh, we kind of need you. Um, <laughs> it, it's not the same. Um, I need to learn something. Yeah. Hopefully we didn't go too off the rails other than that Ohio state hate segment. Yeah. We tried really hard Shane, uh, <laughs> but you know, let us know when you get back. Uh, but that's it for me and Nelly. We want to say thank you so much for listening and remember that we appreciate every single one of you.